Hello and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson and today I'm joined by my co-host and brother from another mother, Corey Baumeister. How's it going, bro? It's me. What's up, bro? I am doing really, really well. How about yourself? I'm I'm good. We are we are officially on the last day of 2019 in the decade. Now this episode is coming out on New Year's Day, so hopefully uh, our high energy is helping break your hangovers. Wow. But before we get into this, I do have to say that this podcast can be listened to on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Also, if you want to be a supporter of the Bash Bros Podcast, you can find us on patreon.com slash Bash Bros Podcast and become one of our wonderful supporters. And if you go high enough on a tier, you can even be a part of the show. More on that later. Ooh. I'm interested. Ooh. I am also interested, <laughs> but I'm more interested in our topics today. Now, um, we have a very special guest that uh, is starting to play a lot of an Eternal Format, and that Eternal Format now is Pioneer. Um, also, I want to just talk about streaming. Now, I just finished my streaming contract this year, and I don't know if I'm going to be continuing, but you, who did not have a streaming contract uh, with Wizards, just streamed all year long, and I thought that yeah. was really cool, and you grew your stream really well, so I want to hear, you know, about your story, and also our our special guest this week not only had great results in Eternal Formats throughout her career, but was also on the Versus series. Yeah, is our special guest still or, streaming? Yeah, and, oh. and, and knows a thing or two about streaming. All right. I, it, it brings me great, great love to introduce our special guest for the week, Todd Anderson. How's it going, Todd Anderson? Roll Todd. Roll Todd. I don't know. Roll that Todd. Roll that beautiful Todd footage. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, <laughs> That's all right. It is a visual <laughs> podcast as well, so you know, oh, yeah? you, you can be a little conscious. Yeah. But we'll we, we 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 recently found out about a month ago that we don't actually, in fact, have viewers, and this is just an audio only. Um, medium so you can do whatever you want with your hands oh not just, anything just, you know just normally keep the fapping at them normally at a i wear though. shorts uh over my boxers right because that's a uh, twitch terms of service you can't you can't go pantsless but not here <laughs> we but have no not, terms of service not, at no the Bass Bros podcast here. baby <laughs> <laughs> there is no terms of service or standards on the Bass Bros podcast and if i we do break up like terms of service it'll get edited pants. out so it's fine <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> we actually would I prefer hope. it if you don't wear pants, Todd. So, well, you know, keep that one in the back of your pocket, I guess. You know, <laughs> what, what what's funny is this is the first episode where I'm actually wearing like a form of pants. I'm wearing sweatpants. <laughs> Usually, I just wear like just wear like uh, I, I have a, a large collection of just gym shorts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh. Even though I don't frequent the gym, I just own that. <laughs> uh, dude, Matt Nass broke the format 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, everyone knows when you're from North Dakota, you acquire a lot of basketball shorts. That's just a very warm place. You know, it makes yeah, a lot yeah. of sense to me. So, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we get into our, our two topics for the day, which are going to be um, both Pioneer and Streaming, since Corey and Todd both stream Pioneer. I thought that would be a great topic today. Plus, I need to start learning more about Pioneer because uh, in February, there is the first player's tour that is Pioneer Unlimited. And since I am a player on the tour, <laughs> I Wait, must participate. Brad, you must. Dude, I'm really upset to hear you didn't make it back into the MPL. 
That's really sucks that you have to play in the player stores for regular old Oh, player. no, we get to. Oh, I am in the MPL, and it's not have to play. We get to play. Oh, oh. For those I, um, I don't understand the system at all. Is the oh, <laughs> I don't either, but if I just show up to everything, then you'll get to play I and might get invited back. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know the MPL was now the Magic Player League. Yeah, no oh, kidding. No, <laughs> no kidding. They changed that. Okay, it's it's. They probably slipped that see, in an email. See, y'all don't get the branding. I figured it out with my with my uh, 2020 vision. Oh dad my! Joke. But also wow. my oh god. <laughs> also my superior intellect. Um, I have figured out <laughs> that that. They don't want, and by they I mean Wizards, does not want every player that has won a match at a pro tour to think they are a pro player. Oh, yeah. So they rebranded everything yep. to Mythic. To make you feel really bad about yourself. And, and they, no, 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 no. This, this is okay, like, okay, I, okay. I believe this is actually the truth. They right. only want the word pro in the Magic Pro League. Okay, sure. And, and because like, you know... When when all the hashtag pay the pros was happening, I was saying to my peers that the number of pros that you think exist and they think exists are way different. And I don't even think that I'm on that list. So I know you're not on that list. <laughs> yeah. And I was on that list. <laughs> but so for today, we're going to be taking talking about those two topics, uh, Pioneer and streaming, because I mean, Pioneer is becoming a popular format. and Wizards is fully embracing it on their professional events. I mean, their players' events. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse my branding. Oh, man. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's been a great format though. I've had a, bas a blast playing it. I'm excited for it to come to the SCG tour and then be able to play it on the players' tour. It's it's going to be a nice, refreshing pace from modern, in my opinion. Yeah. You think so too, Todd? Yeah. I mean, if if you look back at the the first modern pro tour back in what 2012, 2011, um. <laughs> Like everyone was really excited about that format because it was just something new, and Pioneer is that new yeah. thing you, that we have, you know, eight years later, and uh, it, it it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, and then wasn't that the same pro tour where Ayavugan just ripped Modern apart? No, 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 no. The, was that the, not it? The very first Modern pro tour, uh, I believe, Splinter Twin won. And, okay, um, okay. That was the one where Sam Black played the Blazing Shoal. Uh, Ink Moth Nexus deck. This guy, this this tournament got a lot of cards banned. <laughs> oh yeah, it was it was a very degenerate format. Like I, I thought I had the most broken deck in the room, which was turn one, three three, turn two negate. Yeah, yeah. But I classic Brian Kibler strategy, dude. Yes, <laughs> we were playing the counter cat strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason why the cattle got banned in modern was not because it was overpowered. It's because too many pros were actually just playing the stupid deck. And warping the metagame around just a, effectively a bad deck. Okay. But they want they wanted the format to be blossoming and 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 we just kept showing up to all the modern tournaments or extended tournaments. I think they're all modern, but with with the counter cat strategy. And so they were just like, you know what? Wild the cattle is too powerful. For the sake powerful. of competitive diversity, we have banned Kurt Ape. Again. Yeah. Again. <laughs> love it. Love it. Mm. And honestly, that's probably gonna happen at this next players tour. You know, I mean, leave it to the leave it to the pros that are coming into the players tour to just get a format banned again. Dude, no, I'm excited about this tournament because I don't even have to try in the constructor format because the other two players tours, um, uh the regional ones that are on on different continents, 
are played the week before. So you oh, just know yeah. the best. So, so I don't need to try to like. So much is going to change in that last week that that's the week I have to dedicate to the format. For right, sure. I, All I, I don't know. Do is just metagame it. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I heard some chatter about uh, potentially having all players in both of those events having to submit their deck list on the same day. That's that's a well. You've heard people talking about that. Chatter would mean that Wizards is actually thinking about it. Sure. Yeah, that would be that, insane because there's three of them. So we would have to submit deck lists like three weeks to a month. Out. No, that no, no, no. The, you would have to submit your decks the same time as everyone else who had to submit their deck. Except yeah, exactly. and that's that would a, be no, no, no. Weeks. That's only a, no, Corey. You don't know how the system works. Um, the two tournaments are the week before both tournaments are run at the same time. Well, not the same time because of time zones, mm. but the weekend before this event. So oh, okay. they, the players tour that's happening in Arizona is on, I believe the, is it the like 11th February and 12th 6th or 7th or something? No, I think it's 11th and 12th. And Oh, no, that's January. Um, I think it's the... It's the 7th. 7th and 8th, that is correct. And the ones before that are on the 29th and the 1st. So the other two are happening the week before. And so if we had to register, we'd have to register, you know, on the 27th or 8th, which is effectively when we have to register for arena tournaments for whatever reason. Mm. Um, they got to make those so, sick-ass sick graphics, dude. Yeah. Well, honestly, to be fair, I actually think it would be better if we had to submit then, because if, if we don't have to submit at the same time they do, all we're going to see at the Players Tour in Phoenix is going to be the best decks from the week before. It's not going to be mm -hmm. fresh, but if they make no, submit gonna, at the same time... No, there's going to, of course, there's going to be some fresh storylines. Yeah, like, ma magic will, is about... Magic formats are about evolution, and if you stifle the ability to have the evolution, then that coverage team hurts, and... People at home that aren't qualified for the tournament that don't actually care about, like, I, people are bringing up tournament integrity, which I don't even understand. We're all on the equal footing, mm. so it's it's not that big of an issue to me. Um, they 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 want it to be fresh because the people watching at home need to be as most interested as possible. They want to see the decks the week before and see how we interacted with that. Sure. Yeah, that's true too. I I could honestly see it either way. Like I think I think it would be absolutely ridiculous if they did that for any real reason because we're there's no advantage that like an actual true like it, like I, I'm not gonna say illegal advantages and it's illegal, but there's no like immoral advantage to this system. Sure, some people right. will benefit more than others. Like people right. that need to grind a deck for a month are gonna be at a disadvantage, but that's how magic is all the time. There's small little advantages and disadvantages certain players have based on their skill sets. Okay, yeah. I have, I have, a, I have well, just a couple of questions. I'm more so just uh, not, I'm not sure on, um, is the coverage being done of multiple of these events or is it just going to be the one in the United States? I don't have the answer for that. Um, I'm pretty sure that there is a coverage team at each one. Okay. Uh, I know at least the Eastern Europe and the North American ones were coordinating teams. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So if there's if they have coverage of all three, that'd be awesome. I mean, I'll definitely be watching all of it. Um, but I, I would assume at least one of them has coverage. Yeah, I just, so my my thing was I, I assumed that they were just going to do the coverage of the one in Arizona, right? And then, but then I was going to say, well, if the other two format or the other two tournaments happen before that one, and you don't do coverage of those, like everyone's already going to know the the best decks going into the the one you're actually covering. 
So it just feels like it's a worse viewing experience because nothing seems to crash. That's why I kind of think like everyone having to submit at the exact same time or on the same day just kind of seems cool because then you get to see basically the three different continents with three different uh, metagames and maybe the same thing doesn't win all three, you know? Yeah, that's what I kind of thought too. But I also see Brad's point where, you know, Magic is really fun to watch when people metagame to beat the Pro Tour winning deck the week before. Like, it's always interesting to see who brings the next brew to beat last week's metagame. Yeah, but... Uh, so I, I really could see it going either way there. The problem is you don't have enough time to test, right? I think probably not going to have coverage at the Asia one, and they'll probably have one at the European one. And uh, Is that just speculation? That's... Well, speculation versus Educated a guess. small amount of insider info that I had when they asked me to be a commentator. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, speculation. Fair, fair. Fair, yeah. I mean, maybe for the Asian one, the, the Japanese coverage will do it. Like, they, they run their own GP sometimes, and I watch that. Yeah. Can't understand. I, I don't understand a word that's being said, but I get to see some cool decks. But you know they're always having more fun than any other commentator. They, it is always oh, laughing yeah. and just always just great spirits. And I just watch it just because it's always entertaining, and you still get to watch good games of Magic. Mm. Oh, and, and they're just te technology and evolution of coverage is really interesting. They always do, like, cool things. Yeah, something different. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I always like watching that even though I can't understand it, just, yep. just for those reasons. Yep. Um, now, let's, let's actually talk about the, the Pioneer format itself. I just started um, playing this format, and when I thought... So I started with Delirium, because like if, I, if I'm going to play this format, I'm going to try out Emrakul one last time, right? <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and, and you got Thoughtseize, but you don't have good two-drops, and the more I kept playing the format, the more I was struggling with, like, specific, like, linear strategies. Now I was beating, like, the red decks and the the uh, the heroic decks. But <clears throat> just, like, red-black vehicles got me. And I'm like, shit, that deck just came straight from 2017. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You I know, mean, like... It, it destroyed 2017, though, so it made sense <laughs> that it would at least be playable yeah, in yeah. it. Yeah, but... I played against a Marvel deck, too, and that kind of got me good. Um, <laughs> Hit you, you know, right like, in the nostalgia? I don't even know if any of these decks are good, because what, what's weird is I play against some random decks, because it does feel like random decks are playable, but then when I see the streamlined uh, Mutavolt decks, like just the monocolored aggressive decks, whether it be red or... Or mono-black. Um, mono-black, like the, there's like two or three different variants of mono-black. Um, the format... Now, I am coming around to it. I don't think the mono-black deck black decks are as good as I originally thought they would be. But the format does feel linear. Like the, the Llanowar Elves, Elvish Mystic decks, uh, these hyper-aggressive Wild Slash decks. Um, I don't even know if like Phoenix or Blue Eye Control are all that good, but they're very popular. Um, that's why I thought it would be really awesome to just like talk to you two because you two have been playing the format. I think you probably tried most of the decks by now. Um, can you fill me in? Is this format wide open or is it very linear and actually kind of closed off? Todd, you want to take this one first? Yeah, I'll start. Um, right. I mean, I've I played a, a wide variety of decks um, and I don't, I don't know that the format is necessarily dominated by one deck. I mean, I for example, like the last, you know, two medium-sized events I played, I 5 would with like Big Red, you know? So, getting junky. <laughs> getting junky. <laughs> Oh, the chonky red deck that you're playing? Yeah, yeah, I know. And, like, you know, I have a Soul Scar Mage, Bone Crusher Giant, Glorybringer Chandra, and, like, a bunch of other random stuff. But, like, 
everything just kind of works well together and and you get to use your mana and i think that the, the biggest thing about pioneer is that it's it's very dependent on how and uh, you spend your mana and how much mana you get to spend throughout the game yeah and Glorybringer is just an unreal magic card in uh, Pioneer. That's yeah. one thing. Every deck I've had uh, a deck where you can fit like three to four Glorybringer in, mm -hmm. you just get so many free wins from just going, just playing the card, you know? Yeah, and, and especially if you have some early creatures in your deck that are kind of must kills, like your Goblin Rabble Masters and whatnot. Yeah. Because then your opponent is basically forced to like main phase the removal spell to kill it. Yep. And that allows you to like stick a Glorybringer when their, their uh, hands are tied. Yep, and that's the kind of success, like, exactly like what you said there was the kind of success I was having with uh, uh, Teamer Black Energy, mm -hmm. like, just Siphoners, stuff like this, these creatures that they really wanted to deal with before I got to my upkeep to be mm -hmm. able to gain extra advantage. Whirler Virtuoso, whatever, um, um, even Elf Creatures into Oko, back when that was a thing. And then you just, you know, play the Scarab God or you play Glorybringer and you just take over the game with these powerful creatures. Mm -hmm. No, I have a question. Um... Do do these like chonky red decks? Uh, are they are they well positioned against mono black? Because I played a, I played a version of mono black that was just like effectively, you know, all the card advantagey creatures that mono black has, um, and then it played you know murderous rider slash swift and grasp and fatal push as removal and mm -hmm. four castles. Mm -hmm. Those decks I was beating up red decks pretty bad with that just because it has so much removal. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, my experience with the mono black decks uh, so far has been that bef before with Smuggler's Copter, the deck was just the best deck by a lot. Um, once they banned Smuggler's Copter, I think that that changed significantly. The deck is still okay, but the, the versatility and just raw power of Smuggler's Copter, losing that, I think, just really set that deck back a bit. And I, I also think it depends on what kind of red deck you play against. Like, if you play against, um, you know, the, like, 20-creature, low-to-the-ground version, uh, stuff like Murderous Rider actually becomes problematic because the 2-3 mm -hmm. body with lifelink is just uh, a nightmare. And then, but if you're playing, like, big red, like, I don't give a shit if you gain some life. Like, who cares? Yeah. You know? Well, it's, it's, it's more Murderous Rider is Swift End. It's just... That you have Swift End mm -hmm. plus Grasp of Darkness to be removal spells. Yeah, Grasp of Darkness is something I haven't saw, but I, I played a little bit with uh, the red decks, and I, I feel like I was destroying Mono Black, but they didn't have a very good effective way to deal with Glorybringer, but now that you have a two-mana uh, removal spell that's good against the rest of your deck, it seems like it would be a bit tougher. Yeah, I don't even know much with the format. Like I said, I'm literally going to MTG Goldfish. Mm -hmm. I'm sifting around at decks. I'm like, ooh, that's cool. I'll go to my, like, card loaning program grab that deck play a league i'll, I'll go three two and then i'll pick a different deck that's that's been my experience <laughs> for for like three or four days um yeah. the last deck that i tried was that combo deck the um the possibility storm uh, yeah. lotus field thing yep no no no, no. possibilities oh okay do, okay do you know this deck Corey? the five mana enchantment i i know the enchantment but i don't know the deck okay so it's it's with the broken uh it's just gruel and it's got um, eight elves, kind of like a a ramp strategy, but it's sure. got a combo finish. Now it's the combo finish is based around both the adventure creatures, um, Bone Crusher Giant and Lovestruck Beast, mm -hmm. because when you when you do their adventure side sorcery, that triggers Possibility Storm as a sorcery to look through your deck for a sorcery. Okay, and you only play one sorcery in your deck and one instant. So every time you have Possibility Storm and you either cast um stop it goes and gets you um the 
five mana green instant that searches your library for two creatures. Okay. Um, and then you would go get your Love Stark Beast, cast as sorcery, get Enter the Infinite. Enter the Infinite draws your deck and puts one card on top of your deck. That card being Borborygmos. Um, not Borborygmos, Borborygmos Enraged. Yes, yeah. We don't need to confuse this shit. Okay. Um, and then you just, even if you have no mana, your deck has one Walking Ballista to cast for zero. Or you can cast an Elf or whatever. Put that into play and then just kill them with all the lands in your hand. Jesus. No, yeah, I haven't even seen that. Deck was gas, went 3 2. Yeah. <laughs> About average, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've won 3 2 in like five leagues, but I'm just, I'm yeah. getting my feet wet. Yeah, see, for me, the things I've been really loving the most, like I said, four color energy has been pretty nice just because normally you really struggled with decks like uh, blue white control or any kind of combo deck. When you add black, you get Thoughtseize and Glintsleaf Siphoner, and that's a really nice recipe backed up with a couple counter spells to beat that those kind of decks. And then the Scarab God and Glorybringer just destroy any kind of mid-range deck. But the deck I've been having the most success with is just Is It Phoenix. Like it is just with oh. Young Pyromancer being able to pair that with you know play that on turn four, play a couple spells, and and then get Treasure Cruise. You just have so many different draws in that deck where you're like, okay, I'm just gonna kill everything, then cast Treasure Cruise, restock. Or I'm going to play Young Pyromancer on two against green decks where they can't kill it. And then you're just going to pop off with that. I just love the versatility of that deck. And I, I just think it's really powerful. It's a deck that I wanted to try. And I actually, after whatever you were going to say here that I wasn't that interested in, I was going to ask yeah. Todd about, is it Phoenix? So it's cool that you're on that deck too. Because Todd, <laughs> there's, there's the only way that we could make, is it Phoenix in this format with Treasure Cruise more of a Todd deck is if we splash white for Mentor. <laughs> can, can, can you speak to this as a phoenix decks you've had to have played it right yeah i'm actually not that impressed by the is a phoenix decks at least from um them being my opponents and I, my experience with those phoenix is you know i kill a couple creatures i have a, a two mana treasure cruise and then i have a handful of lands and like you know maybe a five mana treasure cruise I, when you play against a deck and they start popping off and drawing three cards and killing everything and bringing back a bunch of arc light phoenixes then yeah, it's going to be pretty pretty bad for you, but like you have to play so much air in your deck, like strategic planning and charter course to really get to that point. Uh, if you play against a deck where your spot removal is bad, cards like Treasure Cruise just become worthless because all these spells that normally fill up your graveyard are stuff like Lighting Axe and Wild Slash and, and whatnot. And I don't know. Uh, I, personally, I was not that impressed by it, and I've played against it a bunch, and I do not lose to it very much. So the one thing I would say, I agree with you. And like, you know, the, the one matchup where your removal is super bad is like, that comes to mind right away is blue eye control. Yep. And that's just where game one, your wild slashes, your, your lightning axes are really bad, mm -hmm. but blue eye control already has like really good game against a lot of decks game one. That's just kind of controls MO, you know, in the past, however long, but then you get to bring in mystical disputes. Then you get to bring in some negates. You get to bring in like Sahili. And like if any of these threats stick that you can make tokens and you can just back them up with counter spells, I just absolutely ranch those type of decks games two and three when I get to take out that much spot removal. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, when the spot removal is good, you know, as long as you don't hit those air pockets of a bunch of lands and stuff, I feel pretty good in those matchups. But this is like four leagues with me, but I have trophy three of them and I went four one on the other one. And then I left That's for insane. vacation. Yeah, I was just dominating with this deck. But then yeah. I went and played one of the challenge events and went 0-3. So I don't know what to think. 
I mean, personally, I think the the metagame in a league versus the metagame in some of these like preliminaries or PTQs is usually They're pretty different. different. I mean, it's yeah. it's the same way in like every format. When you get to um, these like larger tournaments, people just kind of gravitate towards playing some of the better decks. And I actually mm-hmm. think Phoenix has an okay matchup against Mono Black, um, but uh, you know, I, I don't think it's very good against like Mono Green Ramp, for example, because they just go way over the top. Uh, oh yeah, Ugin fuck. Or yeah, sorry, I dropped our f bomb already. Ugin destroys Phoenix. It's just it's it's so hard to deal with. Really? Yeah. Just because it just the tick up is that good? No, no not mallet. really. Just the negative four on all your Phoenixes to exile. But then, and stuff. but then you can just kill it next turn, can't you? Uh, oh no, you don't have lightning bolt. You don't have bolt. Yeah, yeah burn spells are pretty bad. Like you have wild slash, lightning axe, fire temper, and a lot of the lists that play pyromancer started. Cutting Fiery Temper, and I don't really understand why, because that was yeah, always I think like Fiery Temper's card. bad. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but the problem is, like, you have to tap out on your turn to play three spells to get Phoenix's back, and then you don't, you're not able to interact with Ugin that well, and well, Ulamog destroys you too, but... Let's just, let's switch to a different deck, because, yeah. uh, and, and let's talk about Pioneer, so for, for uh, those who have not been keeping up, I'm just gonna go to Goldfish real quick and, t- and just have a list of the top decks. Yep. Um, but the top decks, I think, well, I haven't gotten there yet, but are like blue eye control is a Phoenix mono green ramp, mono black, mono red. And I've been seeing, you know, the dredgeless dredge deck also doing, doing some work people here and there, like saying yeah. that it's a really good deck. Um, but the, the deck that I, I'm most interested in talking about is blue eye control, but I don't really care to go deep on it. I'm just curious if you guys think it's good because when I look at the deck, it looks awful. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I just don't think in this diverse of a format that you can really play a control deck like this. You have so many draws where your cards just have to line up perfectly. And in an open deckless tournament, like we are going to be playing at the Players Tour, I do think blue-white control is going to be better. But I'm with you, Brad. I, I've tried it quite a few times, and I don't like it. I think, the for me, the biggest downside of blue-white control, I actually haven't even picked it up because I've, it's just a. It's not really like my style. Like I like control decks, but not not like that. And uh, but but also I think the removal is just really poorly positioned in white versus the other potential colors you can play. Um, yeah, you know your most of it doesn't really like target you. It's like Eic effects. I think Azorius Charm is one of the better ones. Um, I think some of the builds that some of the streamers like Aspiring Spike have been playing have been okay. And the deck was certainly like one of the the, the top decks for. Uh, like a week or two, but I, when I, people are figuring out their th- their footing. I feel right. No, that's definitely like it's one of those decks that if your opponents don't know what, what's happening in the format, you're just gonna roll them because your your spells are all pretty good and interactive. But uh, you know, if they just like elf into Domery, you're like you're just dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like you don't have a lot of ways to actually interact with Planeswalkers in a positive way. You know, it's counter spells or. Um, Sometimes detention's fear to very five, and I don't know. Yeah, it feels like those decks should be playing a lot more detention spheres. Like that's the card I'm always afraid of playing against blue white control. I'm like, if they have this, you know, I'm probably getting blown out. If not, I'm gonna win with a Chandra, any planeswalker essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just usually play like one or two, and I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They're they're not really being a tap out control deck. I, I don't think counter spells are very good in the format. I mean, everyone has to play absorb, yeah. right? Like, there's no mana leak. Uh, you know, you could play Quench, I guess, or Syncopate, but yeah, Counter Trails in general just don't seem that good in Pioneer because you just don't have a 
you don't have the logic knot. You don't have the mana leak. You have sensor, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, to be fair, two drops aren't that good, and everyone has to start tapping out, so I can see how counter spirals kind of line up decently in that kind of a metagame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I like sensor. Um, I think sensor is insane right now, but... That's that's another reason why it's good, is because, like, you you know, you can't get under these blue-white decks. I mean, I, I played I played against it with, like, mono black and just, you know, destroyed it because yeah. all of my creatures are two-for-ones. And castle and, is insane against them. Yeah, and, and, and stuff like that. But, I mean, I was just curious about that. And then the, the other deck that I might actually start picking up, especially, Todd, if you have a good list, is mono green ramp because I... You know, before um, before the bannings during the Invitational, uh, around then when I think we had a run of bans, but Smuggler's Copter and stuff was still legal, mm -hmm. um, and so was Phil the Dead, we, uh, Martin Mueller was actually in town, and Corey uh, hosted Mueller and I at the house, and we were working on Pioneer, and I was addicted to Castle, Garen Brig, and Worldbreaker. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we were trying to build decks with it, but we were also playing red for Kozilek's return. Mm -hmm. And we ended up giving up the deck because so many times it was so inconsistent. Cause if you play a deck with Boreal Grazer, you'll know that sometimes you'll just look at, you know, six card hand and say, I cannot win the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The green mulligan, if you've ever heard of it. Yeah. It's like you <laughs> mulligan and you have a Grazer and an Ugin and three lands. And you're like, well, I can never win. <laughs> yeah. This game is over. Yeah, you basically needed to draw Nissa's Pilgrimage in that deck, or you just lost every time, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, yeah, to be fair, we never tried Cavalier of Thorns, which which might be... I mean, there's a reason it's 50 yeah. bucks on Moto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I do want to just back up for one second to something you said, Brad, about, like, Dredgeless Dredge. Todd, I, what's your opinion on that deck? Because me, for a while, I, I just think that deck is, like, really not great. I mean, it has its certain matchups that it just absolutely annihilates. Like, it's got to be good against Blue-White Control. Uh, if they don't have a lot of detention spheres and stuff, but I, I really am not a big fan of that. What do you think? I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. I, I feel like it's more of a metagame deck than anything. Uh, I, I think it's quite strong against um, like the aggressive decks in the format, thanks to Creeping Chill and these creatures that just continually come back from the graveyard through all these cheap spot removal spells like Grass of Darkness, Fatal Push, Wild Slash, etc. Um, every time I play against the deck, I realized that the only way I can really beat it is by going way over the top or having some really potent graveyard hate or some combination of both. Uh, yeah. So I, I personally have started putting just like four Tormod scripts in my mono red sideboard um, over something like Graph Digger's Cage just because they all bring in like four Assassin trophies. So I want to be able to snipe that graveyard even if they have their, their hate card, right? Um, yeah, it does seem a little bad against red. Um, or it does seem good against red, I mean. Right. The deck puts up a lot of pressure against the control decks, too, without really exposing mm -hmm. themselves to counterspells that well. You know, every everything's kind of fueled by Gather the Pack and Grizzly Salvage and, and you know, Seder Wayfinder, what have you. And um, I, But I do think that it is more of a metagame call. Like, if everyone's playing um, things that go over the top of you, like Ugin Ramp and things like that, like, you can't really play this this deck, but... Uh, if everyone's playing like Deep Fiend, Deep yeah. Fiend just destroys that deck. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think you just, uh, you should only play this Dredgeless Dredge deck if everyone's playing like fair mid range stuff. I think it's really good against those decks. Gotcha. I have a really weird question. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at this uh, mono green ramp deck, mm -hmm. and it has Damping Sphere in the sideboard. Yep. Yeah, and and I saw every deck has damping sphere, and yep. I assumed that it was for these green decks just to shut shrine off because maybe nope. that's good. And castle, 
What is Damping Sphere for? So there was a two-week span where Lotus Field was really popular. And, oh, that deck. And okay. I played against it like once or twice every single league. And the only real way to interact with it in a positive way is Damping Sphere. Like if you hit, if you try to hit them with discard spells, that doesn't really work because they just um, uh, refuel with like a dig through time or a pour over the pages. And if, it has to be like some combination of like counter spells plus pressure or discard spells plus pressure. Um, or just a significant hate card. And if you can't disrupt plus pressure, you have to have damage here. Yep, yep. That's what I was going to say. It's definitely for that combo matchup. Not only is it just shutting off the land, but it's also making their hidden strings or whatever more expensive each time. And that deck is just really frustrating to lose to. I absolutely hate losing to that stupid deck. Because it's similar to Wilderness Reclamation Nexus. Like, you know you're dead, but there's still a chance you they fizzle, so you just got to wait and wait, yep. and you're like... Okay, now they have 15 mana. It's their third pour over the pages. I guess I'll concede, but yeah, I, I haven't uh, I haven't gotten to play against that deck yet. Yeah, because um, I guess it's dying out because of the hate. Mm -hmm. It's very uh, it's very easy to hate. It's very easy to hate yeah. out. Yeah. 100%. Oh well, per perilous vault is being played. Wow, this format is crazy. Um, so <laughs> so I want to ask both of you if you were playing in a non entertainment based of pioneer event you know where your your goal is to win the tournament what deck are you playing and why hmm i would say you know i took this week off for the holidays so i i have been a little out of the loop um but the two decks that would be at the top for me right now are either is it phoenix or is it uh emerge um both decks i think can really pivot and change footing really easily, and they're both very good against aggressive decks. Um, now, the Elder Deep Fiend, I think, is a little bit more powerful of a deck, the Blue-Red Emerge deck, but I think it is a little bit more inconsistent, where I think the Blue-Red Is It Phoenix is very consistent and powerful. Um, but that's kind of the... I, I don't know which one's better, but that's where I would start if I had the Players Tour tomorrow. That's interesting, because I haven't seen that deck in a long time. But the Avenger yeah. creatures are ridiculously overpowered oh god all and three deep of fiend them are is, so good and deep fiend elder deep fiend with just like four sanctum of ugans the list that i've been playing mm -hmm. where you just if you draw one you chain them together and at least get two that usually closes the door and now rekindling phoenix in that deck in the emerge deck is absolutely busted with oko being gone yep it was how it, much it really struggled with oko i mean you just play your phoenix and it's a three three elk and of course you can still sack it to the deep fiend but now being able to sack it and get your Phoenix back, like if that ever happens, the game's just over. All right. So these other deep fiends are only $2.28 and I still have 50 of them. Yeah. So we need to make these things skyrocket. <laughs> hey, let's get to testing, bro. Yeah. Cause I mean, I could have sold them for five a pop from buying them at 50 cents each back in the day. And I chose not to cause I'm lazy. So I believe that'll happen again. Yeah, but sure. That's what that never means. sell a magic card. They'll always go up. But not until when you own a million go, of them. Until they go down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Todd? Wise words by Todd right there. Um, what, what would you be playing? I mean, I, I'm, I've been kind of branching out on, on different things. Uh, I keep coming back to this big red deck, though. I don't, I don't know why. It, it, there's something about it. I, I've, I, I rarely lose with it. It feels powerful. And... You just get to use all your mana every turn because of Muta Vault and Ramunap Ruins and, and the adventure with Bone Crusher Giant. I just feel like every single turn, I'm just 
gaining a little bit of ground against the opponent because I just have more things to do. Not only that, but like I'm more flexible because all my removal is burn based. Um, I get to play, you know, four copies of Glorybringer. Um, I don't know. I've, I've, I think it just hits the sweet spot in the format. It's really, really strange. And, and this does not play Chain Whirler, right? My version doesn't. I, I think it was uh, Triosk, which is, I believe, Yuki Ichikawa, um, went 5-0 recently in a preliminary, and he was playing four copies of Goblin Chain Whirler, but he was also playing five colorless lands in his 26-land deck. So he, only, he had 21 sources for Chain Whirler, which you should be able to cast it on time. But what he wasn't playing was Goblin Rabble Master. And for me personally, Goblin Rabble Master has just been outrageous. It has been one yeah. of the best cards in the deck. Outside of Bone Crusher Giant Glorybringer, I think that Goblin Rabble Master has been the third best card. Yeah, wow. I like your I like your list more. Um and I, I can see it's a better why it's a better Mutavault deck though. That's the thing. It's a this is a Mutavault deck, and if you play Chain Whirler, it becomes a Chain Whirler deck. And I don't think a Chain Whirler deck is very good, and I think Mutavault decks are extremely good. Yeah, I like that. And I think, like, the only spot where Chain Whirler decks are better is, like, right when you broke it immediately with Mono Green Devotion, right, when, you right. know, 30% of the metagame was these green ramp decks. Then if you're on the play and you get to Chain Whirler, even one elf, of course, we all remember that mm -hmm. from having PTSD from 2017, that that is indeed good. But yeah. but, yeah, without it, I just don't think it's as powerful of a card. It's a three-mana three-three. I mean, sometimes it kills one, sometimes more creatures. It's it's a yeah. it's a good card, and if Mutavault wasn't in the format, I think that there could definitely be this like Tor brand Goblin Chain Whirler Glorybringer deck, and it would probably be pretty good. But mm -hmm. just being able to play four Mutavaults in this deck just gives you so much variation in how you play against each opponent. Like I played a game against um like blue red control yesterday. It was some weird deck and. I just like didn't cast a Bone Crusher Giant until like turn six. Like I just had my hand the whole time, and I just knew that if I played a bunch of stuff, he was they were just gonna eventually resolve like their Treasure Cruise or Dig Through Time or whatever. And so I just waited for them to like you know tap out and do something, and then I was like, okay, Glorybringer Smash. Okay, they untap, kill it, and then I start attacking with Vaults and playing Bone Crusher Giant, and it really throws them off because then they're like graveyards not very big because they haven't interacted over the first few turns and i get to just start using my mana every single turn and they're stuck holding up counter spells and stuff you know? I don't know yeah um so i wanted to ask you one question that i kind of forgot what do you think the chonky reds uh blue white control matchup is because that's one thing that just felt like it, it should be bad on surface value but you have so many must answer creatures that maybe i could see it going the other way but it feels like it would be bad to me if if the if the blue eye control was more uh, prominent in the format, I would I would have more cyborg cards dedicated to it. Uh, but as yeah. as it stands, uh, a lot of your spells aren't that great against them. But I think if you leverage them in the right way, you can put them in some tough spots. Um, sure. Where where the you know you just get them to tap out for a supreme verdict, and then that lets you cast Chandra start ticking up, and because they're light on detention spheres and heavy on counter spells, the Chandra buries them. After yep. you know, and 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 I, but I think a lot of it has to do with just sequencing. Uh, obviously, we could, you know, do some things to make that matchup better. Maybe have a uh, six-man Chandra in the sideboard or something. But I haven't really felt this necessary. You know, I, I lose to blue-white every now and then, but most of the time I just don't lose. The stack just feels really good. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So, uh, so the next thing I want to talk about is actually um, a card that got spoiled today. Ooh. Oh. Uh, and it's. Uh, you know, applications in this format because Splinter Twin's back, baby. No. Did they just mess it up is. again? 
I don't know. I don't know. You got you could be the judge of it, Pioneer What's Expert Dot Anderson. All right. So the card is Helioid Sun Crowned. Okay. It is the new god, white god. It's two colorless white for a five-five. Already, it's a cocoable creature, which is kind of cool. Okay. But it's indestructible oh, as long as you have devotion. God. Sorry. Are you looking yes. at it right now? Sorry, good. Okay, well, don't spoil it. <clears throat> as long as your devotion is white, is less than five, Helioid isn't a creature. When you gain life, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature enchantment you control. And it has the ability for colorless, white, uh, another target creature gains lifelink until in turn. So if you give a walking ballista lifelink and it has two or more counters on it, that is infinite damage. Great. Love oh my god, really? But I, I I still don't think it's as powerful as you guys are thinking. This is weaker than Splinter Twin or Felidar Sahil. It it is weaker, and we've had combos that were way more expensive, like you know, uh, Triskelion and Mephidras. That, but I guess that could never kill a player, right? It's it could still only a turn, wipe the board. It's still a turn three creature into a turn four ballista for two win the game, right? No, because no, you, you have, have to give it lifelink. Listen, oh, uh, the, okay, that's okay. It's it's not extremely cheap, right? To to do it, but. Both of these cards can be cast at some random point and do a lot of stuff at random points, and then you just get to combo kill them like that. Oh my god! I'm and you get to play a fairy to back that shit up. I am Woo. mad right now. I am Why? mad because they keep doing this and they're never gonna ban it, or they're gonna wait three months for the format to just degenerate down into some splinter twin garbage. God. <laughs> I'm glad well, we could get a, a true Todd Anderson <laughs> yes. live on the moment. air. Really on the podcast. Podcast. Todd Todd moment. Yeah. You son of a bitch. Brad, I'm glad you sa saved uh, <laughs> spoiling this to Todd until we were recording. You're a saint. Yeah. Well, well one thing to also think about is this is a one color combo as well. It, it is not yeah. a two or three color combo. Yeah. Uh, you could uh, just play a white deck and, and put this combo in it. Yeah. Death and taxes, anyone? Yeah, I mean you've got you've got Knight of the White Orchid that can ramp you and so what you can also uh, what's okay, so something you can do with this deck too, like Heliod Suncrown, Walking Ballista, is it you know, Heliod just says whenever you gain life, put a counter on a creature and enchantment you control. So you could just kind of use Heliod um until you have the ability to go infinite to just like, you know, play shit like Kabir Crossroads or whatever and just put a counter on stuff. Like and then if you put counter on walking ballista, like you get to shoot down a thing, and then you get to, then when you untap, then you kill them. You know, it's yeah. I am not very happy, man. <laughs> I mean, we'll see how good this is. This is also in the worst color in the history of Magic. Yeah, maybe that's why so, they're trying to bring mm -hmm. some life back to white. You know, Felidar Guardian was white. It was very easy yeah. to splash. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is true. It was very easy to splash. <laughs> It was the best teamer card I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that, that seems awesome. Now, um, I want to switch gears here. Pioneer is very interesting. I'm going to be playing it a lot. I'm definitely going to try this chunky red deck. So if you could send me your updated list, that'd be great, Todd, um, at some point. Yeah. Uh, is it just on your Twitter? Uh, I mean, I I five would last night, so it should be in the deck dump in the, uh, the most recent. Oh, you're going to make me wait for a deck dump? It's Probably out right now. The prelims usually go up the next day. Let me double check. Oh, yeah, and I can also just... up. It's, it's the first one. And you can just check a stream. Yeah, or you That's can sure. I could also check out my check stream, stream. twitch.tv twitch slash strong underscore sad. Uh, so no, sad. If, you haven't, if you haven't watched it, anyone go watch it. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely uh, lurk a lot in, in your uh, uh, on your streams. 
But I'm going to switch over to streaming, actually. And so that's a great transition because, um, Segway. you know, uh, yeah. So I, I was part of the uh, the Magic Pro League of 2019, and we all got offered contracts to stream. Yep. And we all got excited. You did that. I definitely thought that Magic might be taking a different turn where the to be successful in professional Magic meant that you have to have eyeballs on you. Um, much like, you know, some other esports organizations. Um, that was not the, t- the case. Magic took a, kept on its merit-based, or as, as much as it can be. Some people are getting discretionary invites, and, and that is, you know, pissing someone off, but everyone's mad about something all the time. Mm. Um, but, you know, for the MPL itself, it was merit-based top 20 um, with equal opportunities uh, amongst each other um, would qualify for the next season. So I, I took a step back from streaming halfway through the season. I finished my hours. I had a lot of fun, played in some online tournaments, but ultimately never really got into it, never got a schedule, never did any of that. But both of you uh, have been hitting it hard, growing your streams, and I just want to um, talk about what that's like. Now, Corey, we've talked about your stream a lot here, so yeah. I want I want to start with Todd. Todd, uh, ever since you... Uh, you you moved to California to Ever and then since you left me. Right? Oh no. Mm. Excuse oh, me. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. Don't be mad. <laughs> but yeah, so you moved to California because uh your wife Kelly got a job. I do believe that that is the story. Yep. So tell us a little about that and then your journey into streaming. Uh so Kelly got a job offer from Blizzard Entertainment. You may have heard of them. They make such games as um Hero- no promoting. Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding um so she got a job at blizzard and uh we had to relocate to california and because we're moving out here uh, i lost my sweet gig uh from star city games where i got to show up twice a week and make some some it is some a cushy gig. while just playing some magic on stream and now i get to do that still but i get to do it from the comfort of my own home so i decided, so it's even cushier it is even cushier though the pay is not nearly as good <laughs> But it is. Yeah, it's so I feel pretty like good, you got to be getting close, man. Like, I mean, I had a really good month when they announced Pioneer, um, but it's been on a downswing since. But it's you know we're still going strong. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We got I still love your stream. I. I mean, it's still a lot of fun. I, I think the the kind of uh, honeymoon period for Pioneer is starting to wear off, though. You know, like eight cards got banned or whatever. So yeah. now the the format's kind of settled, and now it's just going to be. Uh, a lot like modern, where people will kind of develop these tastes for decks, and then if you play the deck they like, they'll show up and watch, and if you don't, then, like, you know, they'll go find someone who is playing a deck that they like. So, um, yeah. but before, I was, like, one of maybe, you know, five big streamers or whatever that ever played Pioneer on stream. Um, the first day they announced Pioneer, I woke up, and Callie's just like, they just announced a new format. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, it's called Pioneer. It starts in Return of Ravnica. I was like, holy shit, this sounds awesome. <laughs> And so I just like got up, I read, all, I read the announcement and everything. And then I went to uh, a friend of mine, uh, Scooter, who's I'm sure he's in your, your chats a bunch, uh, er- oh, yeah. Eric Johnson. Yep. Um, I was just like, dude, you need to build some pioneer decks and I'm going to play you in the free form room today on stream. And he did. And we just had a great, awesome first day of pioneer. I was the only person streaming as far as I know on the first day, because it wasn't even a legal format yet. We had to go to the free form <laughs> room and play free form decks. And I'm out here That's like... That's not true, man. Okay. There was one other sorry, sorry. stream going on. Uh, okay. There was one was other stream. Versus, versus Live. live. Versus yeah. Live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Y'all did it on Tuesday. I did it on Monday. 
Oh, that's right. We yeah. tried to do it, but there there was some complication where we couldn't actually do it on the first day. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, they yeah they now <laughs> it, uh, it was sick though, and uh, so like that day, you know, I I, I jumped from my normal like two hundred viewers up to like four hundred. I'm like, oh, this is nice. And then next day it was five hundred, and then six hundred, and then eight hundred, and then a thousand, and then there was like a week straight where just my normal stream schedule, I was getting you know, 1200 viewers. And I was, Oh was dude, unbelievable. I, I, remember, um, I remember when you took second in the first PGQ yeah. of pioneer yeah. where I was at an airport flying from Seattle. Uh, my, my connection was in Denver and I was flying from Denver to Richmond mm -hmm. for MC six. <clears throat> and I was watching your stream on my phone and Matt Nass and Andrew Beckstrom were on the same flight randomly a week early you know, but just randomly. And they were also watching your stream. <laughs> you know, like, like you had for, for that time period, because of like your monogreen devotion list mm -hmm. and like the new format, you, you captivated like the entire magic audience. It was really cool. Like, like that, that was your like 15 minutes of, of Twitter fame for that period. Like there you was were like just 3,300 You were people. the streamer at that time. Yeah. yeah there I, were like 3,300 people watching by the time you were like in the finals. Yeah. I was yeah. one of them. That's for damn sure. No, it was it was it was a magical moment like that. After I lost, I was so upset, but like it was just one of the best uh, streaming sessions I've ever had. And, uh, you know, as far as well, that's because you have to become a player, Todd, not an online player. <laughs> the player's the tour players is tour, for yeah. players. <laughs> Look, I'm trying. OK, I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, well, I'm doing commentary this weekend, but I'm, I'm going to be in Indianapolis in a in a few weeks to, to battle it's not a players tour event but i think i can qualify for the players tour by winning now oh wait i'm gonna see you this weekend yeah columbus if you're going hell yeah i'm going oh yeah let's go that's gonna be That'll fun be awesome. unfortunately i have to play modern but <laughs> oh you don't like oko mirrors well god too bad, and not only that but i also just have to buy the deck <laughs> so this is just gonna be such a great experience mm. oh that's a tilt because we just have it built right here at the house oh yeah, yeah damn it well, you, can, <laughs> yeah. you can maybe get it express delivered i, I could have brought it to christmas and, and added it to you <laughs> yeah oh well i'll live i kind of want to own it anyways i suppose you should not want to be on the tour I, I will probably have to play urza a time or two you should not want to to own it i'm gonna you know just my from my personal experience you know you don't want to own that deck yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, it'll get banned in some combination probably just oko i mean i watched the players championship and i actually found the modern portion to look somewhat interesting um but i think the evolution of the format is i think soltai oko is still a really good deck but there there are definitely decks that prey on it like amulet like I mean, if I was playing, I would play Simic Primeval Titan. Yeah, that just I looks saw like that fun. Deck. Yeah, I saw that deck. I, well, I think in general, just any deck that can kind of get around the poofiness, you know, of Oko uh, is... They I, have to go back to comboing, man. Yeah. They just have to. Yeah, yeah. I think oh, the problem is, like, you can't really combo through Archmage Charm, Metallic Rebuke, and Cryptic Command. It's like, pretty tough. And and the closing speed of Oko is just, like, pretty fast. So you're, this, you're just like a control deck that gets to play... Um, you know, Stoneforge Mystic or whatever. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. May, maybe like you're not supposed to combo, but like I, I definitely would just want to play the Primeval Titan decks. They look cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I do think it seems awesome. They're basically saying that Castle Garen Bridge equals Amulet. You know, you just don't really have to play the cute Amulet stuff mm -hmm. if you could just play Castle. It's already comboing an extra turn or a turn early. You know. Yeah. Oh, the card's great. I don't. Oh, I yeah. don't love the fact that you don't get the whole. Uh, 
kind of combo kill with Primeval Titan. Instead, you're more like a scapeshift deck because you go get Feel the Dead, right? Yeah. You're yeah. not a, a scapeshift deck, but you're not combo killing that turn like you normally do with Amulet Titan. Yeah, so I, I, I think you're right. Like, the decks that do play combo still, the Thopter Sword, they're going to have an okay game against that, if not, like, a great matchup. Because not only with, with Simic Ramp, you're not really interacting, but you're just you're not as fast when you can't kill the same turn. Yeah, I don't know. We're, we're not a modern podcast today, so whatever. Right. Well, yeah. you you guys Later. enjoy your tournament. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to love I'm going to enjoy Brad. my football. <laughs> Brad, I was literally playing the Arena MCQ uh, before we started this podcast just so that the next weekend there is another modern SCG event in, like, Knoxville just so I didn't have to go to another modern tournament. So I can play the arena tournament. I, I had to get qualified for it. <laughs> oh, did you, are you top 1,200? Yeah, I ended at 400. That Bant Adventures deck is the blade. Is it really? I, oh, I really, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I, uh, this is the first season where I did not make Mythic. Yep. Since Arena came out for the, the season stuff. And I didn't even get out of, uh, out of Platinum 4. Yeah. And that, this, this season was during testing for the Mythic Championship. I didn't give a fuck, and I still took second. You also had to do a lot of targeted testing, you know. So we did some targeted testing, but yeah, I didn't. I did not play nearly at all yeah. <laughs> this yeah. last month. I was at like platinum two and just went fourteen and two to four hundredth place with uh, that Bant Adventures deck. It was, and not only was it just a blast, but that deck was good. That's crazy. Yeah, it was. Fun. Um, but yeah, so so I want to get back to streaming though. So Todd, stream you you're doing well. You're you're very t- like. You're, I think you're doing the streaming thing correct because you are not playing a character. You're just playing yourself at like 110%. What are you talking about? Todd is a character. Oh, yeah. Well, you know <laughs> what I mean, though, right? Yeah. I bleed charisma. Yeah. I sweat. Yeah, you're not excellence. fake at all. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a little fake. I think everyone's a little fake when you put a camera in front of them. You know, e- well, yeah. either they're like a little bit quieter than normal or they're a little more boisterous than normal. And I think I just get a little more boisterous than normal. Um, that's what I'm saying. You're you're yourself at like 110 percent though. No, that's that's definitely that's a, a fair assessment. <laughs> um, you know, I I try to treat my my chat with respect as long as they treat me with respect. If someone says something that I don't like, I kind of go off on a tangent, and maybe they leave forever, and maybe they stay. But everyone else gets entertained, so that's fun. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> oh shit! I don't even go on tangents. I just headshot. Well, I mean, it depends. Like, boom, like we had, we had, we had a huge thing about Star Wars the other day, and I just just railed on people that were like hating on the last jedi for various reasons it was like a whole thing it doesn't matter i know that people watching this are gonna be like well the last jedi wasn't very good or those you know (laughs) know, i don't care you're not i had a guy i I had a guy come to my stream todd uh and he just like we were streaming at the same time and he's just like yeah i came over here from todd's stream i was like oh cool what was he doing he was like yeah he was doing this he was mean to me, though, so I, I jumped over here. I'm like, oh, God. Uh, yeah, you know. So, look, I'm not just mean to people at random, okay? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you direct it for a purpose, damn it. Yeah. If they say anything about Alabama, you get those you get those mofos banned immediately. No, no, no. I mean, I mean I, I'm, I'm I very wanna... good-natured about the Alabama stuff. A lot of people That's come good. in. That's like, good. we lost LSU and Auburn. A lot of people came in being like, go Tigers. And I was just like, yeah, man, it was a great game because they were two really good Did games. you watch our boy Hertz this last weekend? It was tough yeah, to watch. We were, we were flying all day. I actually got to see uh, I got to see the last five minutes of the Clemson game, and that was a wild ride. Holy crap. 
Oh, the Clemson game was was a was a crazy ride, but the first game, uh, that that was just yeah, hard to watch. LSU just dunked on them. Oh, both sides of the ball. It was it was bad. No, LSU. But, LSU. I heard LSU is is, a, is one hell of a team. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I don't know. Cle- I, maybe Clemson has a good shot. I don't have a clue. I mean, they have the they game of the week years, though. So you know, <laughs> the <laughs> game of the week though was was Seattle 49ers, if anyone watched Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, I, I heard crap, it ended on the goal line with a play running out of time or whatever. Literal inches, yeah. maybe an inch. The game ended decided by an inch. Also, earlier in the game, so do you know that all their running backs are uh, are hurt now? Yeah, they re-signed, so, re-signed Marshawn Lynn. Yes, and Beast Mode <laughs> got a leaping touchdown earlier in the game. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Then the game is coming down to the wire. It's 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 literally just how how Seahawks have played every single game of the year. It's just uh, two minutes left. They got the ball. They need to score, mm. and they get the ball to the one yard line. And Lynch comes in, and the crowd goes wild. And then they get stalling. They get a delay of game, and then he goes right back out. Back out, yeah. <laughs> and then and then they they make a they make a reception with like you know no time left on the clock. And all he's got to do is turn his body to get the ball in, and it's literally when the when the shoulder hits the ground, the ball is just literally like I would say less than a quarter of an inch away from being yeah. a touchdown. It was an insanely close game. But that 49, 49er defender just stopped him like a brick house. It was like, oh my god, that would have hurt so hard to run into that dude. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it's better for the Seahawks anyway because I think playing the Eagles is better than playing the Vikings. Probably, yeah. but anyway, that that that's our football rant. The, the the weekend of sports. I spent all weekend watching sports and and playing a couple Pioneer leagues. I've been taking it very easy. Um, during during the back end of December, I've I've played maybe, you know, twenty matches of Magic in total since the last Mythic Championship, including some drafts, mm-hmm. some cube. But um, but yeah, like uh, I want to get back to the 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 subject on hand because I have a few more questions for for Todd about streaming. Um, do you like it? Like, how much do you like it? And what are your goals for 2020 with it? Because you have went from not really streaming every once in a while and not really taking your stream that seriously. I remember from the years, both of us have had this experience, Mm. um, to now your stream seems very successful. You're on, you're one of the top, um, most viewed streams at any time when you come on and you're streaming almost every day. Yeah, so um, I hate it. No, my life is a living hell. No, <laughs> no, I actually. Oh, you sound like previous special guests. Yeah, I was just gonna say <laughs> the same thing. I don't want to name names. <laughs> yeah. um, no, actually, so um, I, I thought it I, it would feel a lot more like a job, and I was not really like looking forward to it. It was more I was I was kind of starting to maybe try it out out of necessity because moving across the country. Um, I wasn't really a hundred percent what I was going to do, but I knew that I could just try to, to do streaming full time. And at some point I just said, you know, screw it. I'm just going to put a lot of effort into it and try to make a go at it. And, uh, the reception at the beginning was, was outrageous and it only got better with pioneer. It's kind of leveled out now where I'm kind of hitting my, you know, I'm, I'm right in the sweet spot where, uh, hopefully we just start, you know, uh, regrowing the community again. Um, but yeah, no, I really, really enjoy it. You know, I I was uh, on holiday for the last six days or whatever and visiting uh, my parents and Callie's parents for Christmas. And 
Um, I, oh, I, I missed just, you? I just missed streaming. Oh, no, we were in Alabama and, and Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. But I, I just... um. I just missed streaming like on on Thursday or Friday. I was just sitting there at, at, at Callie's parents' house like, man, I wish I was at home right now. I really want to stream some Pioneer. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. When when I was streaming constantly, I I did feel that addiction, that 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 rush of going back and and being attached to my audience. And I still care about mm. my my diehard fans. It's just I haven't turned the camera on in a while. I did one stream for a couple hours and just wasn't having it. Yeah, I was thinking about yeah. doing a drunk New Year's stream tonight. That might be fun. Don't get <laughs> too drunk. Fun. I don't oh, think no, the no, internet no. needs drunk time. I actually haven't <laughs> drank that much recently. I uh that then that's even a better reason to not drink a lot. <laughs> sure. I mostly just meant like drink for a long period of time, not like a whole bunch at once. There oh no, go. that would be awesome. I mean that they they would have a lot of fun with that, especially if you guys are just gonna stay at home anyway. Yeah. Um and I think I, Todd, I think you're jumping into the or you had you built your audience at such the right time that now going into the new year when like fandom and Twitch rivals and stuff start popping up, you're going to be able to experience those and you're going to get picked for all of them and you know, you can just dominate those things and do your best Brad Nelson impression and just have fandom pay your rent for the entire 2020, <laughs> well, you know? I don't know if those tournaments are still going to be around, but yes, they were very easy and I won a lot of money. <laughs> I, I hope so. I, so personally, I, I don't know how successful fandom was for how much it costs to run or whatever, but I, yeah. I loved watching those. I, I you know, I watched them like every single week and um, I was actually kind of bummed. Except Thursdays, right? Mm. <laughs> that was the day they were except thursdays at 3 p.m eastern time while there was still an hour of versus live left right well i would get done with versus live and there's still be four hours of fandom left so yeah yeah the the one thing that i i did like about uh fandom is it was the perfect model for mpl weekly right we could have just we could have just done that oh yeah it would have been it would have been significantly better uh <laughs> No offense to anyone <laughs> yeah, no, who runs NPL, but I like, was not the one saying we should do it on the weekends and our prize support should be very convoluted and we should not have cameras. I, I wasn't pushing for these things. Yeah, and also make it pre-recorded and also only show like the last game of any given match. And also, I, can we please so. schedule them at the most inconvenient times of the year? Yeah, can we? Can we? Can we actually showcase them also while these people are on camera at a at a Grand Prix? Like so that so that <laughs> do you lose the illusion that it's not recorded? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean we yeah we never hit it. I mean it it was a flop. I, I hope that whatever they do in the future is is a better product because like I I have a I have a I have a hard rule uh, about like competition stuff. So if you do a fandom and you're having like entertainers plus you know competitive magic players together, that is a product that you're selling as entertainment, mm -hmm. and it's fun. But if you're just going to bash the top players against each other, like what sells, in my opinion, after 10 years of doing this stuff, is you either have to have the players playing for stakes like qualifications, or you have to be like just spoon feeding information to the audience about how to qualify themselves. Yeah. Like you have to make it very easy to say this is information that these players are using and this is how you could use their information yeah yeah um, people didn't see it as a path that they could really get there because no, literally for the first playing... half of that of the mpl weeklies it was not announced how to even get to the mpl yet so how could you be like hyped to watch something that maybe you could do and there's not even a template to how to do it but you know even in the back half when people had a way to get there 
it was still so convoluted how to get there. People just didn't care, so they gave up. I mean, and it was sad because there was a lot of good games that were played there, but oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, you have to have reasons for the game, you know, for the matches to exist that people can latch onto and care about. But yeah. anyway, I do hope that fandom comes back to Magic. Yeah. They've and been Twitch doing other games. will always stay, you know, I mean, there's going to be Red Bull tournaments. There's going to be random tournaments popping up that are going to benefit you for hitting hitting the streaming road hard, Todd. So I, I, I think you're on a really good path. I, I um, really even, hope so. Even if you like go down to 20 hours at some point because you need a break, you're still at the path where your numbers are good enough. They look at you and they're like, yes, this is somebody I want in my tournaments. And then boom, you're just going to get all these great opportunities. No, well, I mean, I really hope so. I, I don't play that much Magic Arena, and a lot of these tournaments are centered around Arena because it's a better viewing experience. So I'm yeah. kind of hoping that like they just still invite me. That would be nice. I think they'll still invite you because you can always switch over to Arena. Exactly. Um, yeah, you'll have to make the you'll have to take the hit. I mean, I will play on Arena. Play That's not a big deal. It's just the, I I hope they don't see. Oh, this guy doesn't play Arena, so. We're not going to ask him to come play this arena tournament. Oh, nah, they yeah. Just do, look not, at your numbers. do not pull a Jeff Hoogland. No, that's uh, not what I'm doing. Do not say, I will not play that's singleton tournaments. That's not what I said. I love playing all tournaments. Please invite me to your tournament yeah. and give me money. <laughs> Actually, I've seen that tweet before from you, Todd. Uh, yeah. I love all oh, the by tournaments. The way, for, invite me to all of them. Yeah, also, um, thanks for paying me the $200 uh, podcast fee for being on your podcast this week. Oh, you're welcome. You You've paid? already received that, oh. right? And if you haven't received it, we'll never talk about it again. Um, um, I mean, I already got it in my PayPal. Right. I can show you the receipt. Oh, good. It, fascinating. Oh, I just, it doesn't have your I'm... PayPal password, Brad. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Todd, I'm still waiting to get paid from this podcast, so I'm glad that you got your check already. Wait, Brad, don't you always give the, the money to the special guests? Isn't that how you get the special guests to come on? Oh, oh, no, no, no. The special guests... The, spe the, the special guests... Uh, um, don't get paid here. Um, I'm, I'm sorry to sorry, sorry to to inform you that. Actually, all our money uh, goes to our wonderful director so far um, for running the show. Without Jonathan Choi, now you know Jonathan. I do. Uh, with without Jonathan, none of this is possible because Corey and I are incapable of doing anything well. Correct. Correct. Mm. Yeah. Especially especially pronouncing card names correctly. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's usually oh, it's bad. Man. That's the special guest job every single time is to speak fluent Corey and Brad. I was on I was on verses with Brad for what seven years or something, six years, <laughs> six years and, something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's and, crazy. Uh, how long and then was. like the first time I was on verses with Corey, I was just like, "Yep, they're brothers. They just do the exact same damn <laughs> yep. thing every time, where they say a card name and it's another card, or they say the wrong name of the wrong card." Yep, gotta love it. Well, at least we stay on Brad. Oh yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> at least at least we both have the same issues. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, uh, one last thing I want to say about uh, about your stream, Todd, is that, you know, like you had that big spike. And, and when you were talking about this, it sounded like, you know, you wish that that spike held. But of course. With every, <laughs> well, yeah, but with everything, there is there is acquisitions and retention. Mm -hmm. Like all these people showed up, but you actually got a lot of them to stick around. Oh, yeah. No, the, the Todd squad grew three sizes that day. You know, like, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was outrageous and I, I knew that the, it was just going to be a bubble and the bubble popped and, and now we're just trying to basically rebuild it back. But I'm, I'm optimistic about the future. I, I think 2020 is going to be awesome. What do you yeah, got I any, so. uh, special plans for 2020 Todd? Like any cool stream ideas or just kind of, uh, going to wing it? Uh, I mean, for now it's just winging it. I mean, I don't really want to like, um, I, I do a lot of commentary on the SCG tour, so I can't really commit to something like 
streaming every single day for a year or, or yeah, stuff like that. Um, so I'm just I'm just gonna basically try to stream every day that I am home is gonna be the the, the hope. I also think that's super unhealthy. Like I'm I not take days off whenever to. I get tired. Mm-hmm. No, I mean the the 365. Oh yeah, no, that's stories. that's yeah. Mm. Yeah, that seems rough. Like I, I, I get burnt out if I do it like five days in a row. But maybe that's just you know me not uh, as good as a streamer as Numat the Nummy or whatever. No, I mean I think that it's very important when you're streaming to, uh, if you're a R streamer to pivot and do a lot of different types of content that can all work together. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just like watched a lot of videos, read a lot of stuff, like listen to content based around people that know Twitch very well. And they all suggest, you know, like, don't stream every day, stream X amount of time and then dedicate that other time on, like, working on other platforms that that, that you can cross promote and you can bring people in from different places. And yeah. and I don't know how good that is for our game, because our game clearly has right now a ceiling mm-hmm. where other games, like if you were the most popular, like, Fortnite streamer, you're, you know, and all of a sudden you're talking about, like, your entire life changing drastically. Yeah, you're a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, and and I think you know, even even the top streamers in our game are just having a a pretty pretty good life. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I you know, I, I mean, you you see a lot of you say there's a ceiling, and I, I agree to an extent, but you also well currently the game ceiling, right? And but I think um you know you get people like Day Nine that that stream every once in a while. Uh, for magic and and you know they bring their audience with them and like those are new a lot of new people who can potentially get introduced into the game if they uh, haven't already or at least maybe even bring people back to the game to kind of stop playing um Mm -hmm. i think they they in 2020 i really hope they do a lot more of the uh like sponsored stream for like the really big streamers for other card games and stuff especially people as wholesome as day nine because i i love day nine sean sean oh I've been oh, do, do you want to hear? Of... <laughs> no, Brad, he doesn't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it. <laughs> so, so I already I'm... know what he's gonna do. What? You're gonna play the who who day oh, nine would select? I... Oh no, I can't play that. That that doesn't it it doesn't work well. Oh here. okay okay. Um, okay. no, but uh, so I'm a huge fan of day nine forever, mm-hmm. and this year was the first year where I got to actually interact with him, meet him, and I'm still kind of a bubbling idiot around him. But um, Day Nine is like actually as genuine and awesome in person as he is um, while streaming. So either that is just him, or he is really good at just disguising who he actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the former. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I'm I'm a huge Day Nine fan, and I, I completely agree with you, Todd, to an extent. I'm saying that you have a we have a ceiling until our whole game grows. Right. No, I, that's what I'm saying. No, I agree. Yeah. I mean, just last night I was watching, um, I just got off stream late because I wanted to play one of those preliminaries. And when I logged off, um, there was Caleb, uh, had 3000 viewers, like 2,900. I had about 500 and I like rated somebody. And then the next person was like a hundred. Wow. Yeah, it was, yeah. When it gets like late on the on the East Coast, the, the streaming numbers fall off drastically. Not a lot of people in Asia watch uh English streams and 
not a lot of people in, in Europe stream. I mean, I guess. that's why Caleb know. is the like highest rated streamer, right? Like, cause he picks those hours. Like he, he definitely did not stumble into those hours on accident. Mm. Like he oh, dominates he also, that time. Mm -hmm. You know, He also cultivated a very unique following because I got a raid from him once. And those people are weird, not bad, weird, <laughs> but like they got me to do shit that I didn't think I would be doing. They're like, we're doing like songs and like they started requesting song requests. And then all of a sudden we were talking about Obama's banana and you know things things got real weird and i felt like a boomer that night <laughs> yeah caleb's the man i love his stream yeah but um no I, i'm hoping good things for both of you streaming i don't know how much i'm going to be streaming if at all i still have to figure out some stuff for 2020 i i don't have a i have things i can do and i have to figure out which things i should do yeah and that's like for a lot of people like the grass is always greener in a lot of aspects of, of your positions. Like, obviously I like my job and I'm going to keep this job. And I, I, you know, getting to go play big magic tournaments and, and all of that. But one of the more challenging things that I found is I have to create my own structure and, and everything, you know, it, it is, it is up to me to decide what my job entails and what structure I give it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I just wish somebody could just come in and tell me what's the smart play and what I should do and how I should optimize. But right now I've got a lot of options and I don't know what I'm going to do. All right, Brad, here, I'll, I'll tell you now. Okay. So I think what you should do is go log into your stream labs, change the login to Corey's stream and then stream under that, gain some revenue on that channel, record yeah. some YouTube videos. I'll give you my uh, password for Corey's channel. Yeah. <laughs> upload some videos on there. Get me some clot, you know, and we'll uh, we'll get it going. Some clot? Some clot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say move back to Roto. Yeah, that too, yeah, please. Why don't you both move back mm -hmm. and we'll... Uh, We'll get the gang back together. Look, I don't think they'll uh, let Callie work remotely, so this is going to be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Okay. All right. Now. Well, so this is uh this is the last day of uh of the decade. Uh, as we record this, it's twelve thirty one, twenty nineteen. I'm going to be New going, Year's. Woo -woo. Yeah, happy, happy New Year's, everyone. Hope you are recovering. Bah humbug. A hangover as well. But I want to. Yeah, bah humbug. So I want to ask y'all. Um, you know, this is the end, not just a year, but the decade. And this was kind of a big decade for all of us, right? This was our 20s. These are big developmental years mm -hmm. happened. Like a lot of our life choices and decisions. Like in this past decade, I've had the most change and growth as a person. I mean, we started the the the, the decade off as degenerates, Todd. Yeah, I started the decade off. We were off just stone I, cold degenerates. I, I started the decade off and I don't even think I had a Twitter, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, uh, no, but seriously, like when this decade started, I was 33 years old. Yeah, or 23 years old. Now I'm 33. Yeah. Um, I went from basically being a, a man child who spends money traveling to magic tournaments um, when, that I don't really have to a giant man baby who still spends way too much money on magic cards and traveling <laughs> to magic tournaments that I probably shouldn't. Uh, the, the, the difference is that I found a way to turn it into a job. And I, yep. I think all three of us really did that in the last, uh, uh, you know, during this decade. And I'm, I'm eternally grateful for the community that makes it possible and the star city games for giving me my shot uh, writing back in the day. And then uh, also to the Todd squad community on Twitch for making streaming uh, all that much more worth it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Uh, but what's your, what's your favorite moment of the decade, Todd, if I can oh, ask. Oh, That's the question I'm going to ask. Completely non-magic related. I want to go second because mine's a nice one. Yeah. 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 
Okay. I guess I'll start with mine. Um, I mean, there were so many great moments. I, whether or not it was, uh, like Brad watching you right up until that Nexus of Fate was peeled oh, off. And no. I thought you were going to win a, win a mythic championship. That was like, I was like jumping up and down. And then I literally mm. collapsed. Like up until that moment, I was like, yes, this is going to be like the biggest moment for my brother. And, you know, I mean, me and Brad kind of have the same thing. Like we're never really nervous playing the game, but watching each other kind of uh, in those bigger moments has always been. It's tough. Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to that, when it came to um, being able to, you know, come down to Roanoke here to be able to pursue magic, you know, uh, and like Todd said, and have it be a job instead of just traveling to tournaments. That's a great moment as well. But I, I, I have to say my favorite moment of the decade just came pretty recently. And that was in Barcelona. It was the, we were on the team series and we had one of the most crippling losses at the last minute at uh, uh, the Pro Tour 2020 in Minneapolis, where we just barely fell short of uh, placing in the top four in the team series. And we were all pretty dejected. It, it, it was a last minute kind of thing. It kind of hurt. And then uh, in Barcelona, we all got to get there at the last minute with me and BBD winning our last rounds. Wow. And it was like the, the first Pro Tour in the last three or four Pro Tours that I even did remotely good at mm -hmm. so it, it felt good to not only you know be able to help the team out a little bit but also us make a goal of at least moneying at that that was uh that was a pretty special moment uh, uh up there that's interesting i didn't think that was going to be it but it was a cool yeah. moment i got to experience it from the uh the warmth of my living room and yeah and the comfort yeah. of my couch yeah yeah yeah, but everyone I mean, was making fun of me for missing my flight due to an outdated passport, but none of y'all made 4,000 sit on the couch. Yeah. What? I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't but, I mean, you know, that that was a really cool moment for me. But, I mean, the, the moment of the decade that had to have been the, something that stuck out the most is just, like, winning back-to-back -back PTQs and then, you know, kind of putting my uh, adult life on hold where I was going to be a teacher and I took the leap um, of coming oh, yeah. into magic. And it's been the, the best move possible, not only financially, but I enjoy what I do every day. I sure as hell wouldn't be talking on this podcast right now if, if I didn't win those two events, which gave me the chance to jump for uh, the first and second uh, um, pro tour of the year uh, back in 2017. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, Todd. Uh, I want, if I, I heard you say, I, I really like that, that Corey, but I, I just need a preface for Todd. I, I need a magic and a non-magic if yours is non-magic. Okay. All right. I'll do. <laughs> um, okay. Let's do magic first. Let me think for a second. Because I, I didn't have one queued up. Because I, I, I thought I was all set. <laughs> um, hmm. I, I think, um, honestly, Brad, this is going to sound kind of cheesy. But I honestly think it was um, my favorite magic moment was watching you win the Players' Championship. Fuck you, man. That was gonna be mine too. Well, it can, it can, it can be both of ours. I just, you know, yeah. the, uh, I, you know, sitting down at the kitchen table, testing with you when I wasn't qualified, like it, it, it felt weird to to, Dude, to like magic, swallow my magic pride. Magic meant so much to us at that time. I know, and I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I missed out. I like, you know, got ninth at the last invitational. I needed to to win to qualify, and and then uh, just sitting down with you at the table and and. Play testing all the matchups that we need to play test, honing the decks and everything, and, and then just like trying to figure out the sideboard plans. Just 
swallowing my pride to, to help my friend and then having that hard work come to fruition was just one of the best feelings that I've, I've ever had in magic. And, and like, I've, Oh yeah. I mean, we, I don't know. Hell yeah. Dude, that, that was a, Oh uh, no, I agree. Like I, it's actually mine. Like one, one of my favorite moments was when Brian, Corey and I, uh, just one, two, four, yeah. a Grand Prix together playing one deck, which was really cool. But even, even when that happened, like magic, magic felt denser when we were on that, that player's championship grind mm-hmm. and we were up against, you know, Gerard and Reed Duke and all, and Tom, Tom Ross yeah. and, you know, all of these other people that were in this tournament that were challenging and it was a tough tournament. And like, you know, I kind of hot knife through buttered it because of all the preparation that we had in it. And then we got to like, you know, you got, you know, you threw the party afterwards and that was so much fun. Mm-hmm. And no, I, I agree. I think that's my favorite moment. Also, that was the turning point of my career. Like that was the start of back, me baby. going back up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it really was. And then after that, like a lot of things just kind of fell in place for me. Like that, that and, was like, right. And then like the next year you top aided the pro tour again, right? Like for the first time in a while. Uh, no, I think that was 2016. But 2015 was the year that I top aided like eight Grand Prix. Sure, sure. Where I just top aided every single Theros uh, Scryland Grand Prix almost, except for the one where I scooped to Corey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're saying you're ready for Theros to come out, huh, bro? Oh, I, I did well in, in 10 Scryland formats, yeah, but yeah. the cards are a little more powerful these days, which will make it harder to win. Yeah. Yeah, like, God, this have decade. You, have any of you ever seen Nissa? Card's kind of messed up. Yeah, it's very God, I forget. I mean, this decade was really unbelievable. How can I not even mention the the four GPs and the when we top aided two GPs in a row? Like, God, this decade really was amazing. It was really good for our Magickers. But what's your yeah. non Magic one, Todd? Okay, so um, not last year, but the year before for Callie's birthday, I took her to Cancun, Mexico for uh for like the end of the year her birthday's in january so it's gonna be freezing cold right and so we we decided to to book like a last minute trip to to mexico we went to an all expenses paid resort or whatever where you you know you get all the drinks for free and all inclusive inclusive resort yeah and uh that that experience was like okay but the the real trick that i just uh, at some point i just decided hey do you want to just like we're connecting through atlanta on the way home, on the day Alabama is playing the national championship game in Atlanta, do you want to oh, do you want to miss our flight home on purpose in Atlanta? Buy extremely expensive football tickets to the the national championship game against Georgia, and go to that for your birthday. And she mm-hmm. said, "Well, yeah, obviously, you idiot. Like that sounds like the best <laughs> the best thing ever." And, uh, oh, I bet you and, loved it. And we did. And and then that was the game where Alabama won the national championship on the last play that, of the game with a game, bomb pass. If oh you had, God. if you gave one of the best writers of our generation a, a pen and pad and said, write out the most dramatic football game imaginable, they wouldn't have come close. No, I mean, backup quarterback comes in the second half, completely turns the game around, uh, gets within striking distance to the last second, ties, goes to overtime. Uh, other team kicks field goal. You get, get sacked, sacked, so you can't kick a field goal anymore. And then, boom, touchdown. Well, you guys, <laughs> if someone was writing that movie, you know Keanu Reeves would be the backup quarterback. Oh yeah, dude, dude, that game, <laughs> that game was phenomenal. I, I, I mean, I remember 
just like we had to watch at home. We were going to watch it with, with y'all. Yeah. And then we, once you and got then we home bailed and, to go to the actual game. And then you bailed. <laughs> well, of course, that's great. You yeah. know? And, and yeah. oh my God, that game was so good to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can, I can see right when you said Cancun, I was like, oh, I know what story it is. Like, yeah, just the, uh, the look on Callie's face. Like, I, it's, it's hard to describe. Like, I was like, I was more shocked what happened than anything. But the look on Callie's face when she realized that the, it was going to be a touchdown was just, I don't know. That's priceless. Yeah, it's and and it's yeah. like there's a picture of us like and it doesn't even come close to capturing it, you know. <laughs> no, I mean that I mean I I just went to my first football game and it was really cool, but you know, I, I became Seahawks fans. Amber and I became Seahawks fans this year mm-hmm. because we moved yeah. here. You know. We kind of got to be no the otherwise. Yeah, 12th <laughs> man. Yeah. Like like you do not want to be outnumbered around here. <laughs> It is it is loud in there though. Holy hell, it really is loud in there. Yep. Um I bet. I bet. Dude, it was gas watching it from home though. Just uh like if you just closed your eyes on one play and heard the fans, you would think they just scored a touchdown. No, it was just Marshawn Lynch for six yards. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that was just absurd. Oh, but no, God. um Todd, thank you so much for being on the Bashful's podcast. You rang in the, the new year as our first special guest of Ring the year. Ring a ding ding, baby. So, dang dang thank you so much for that Thanks now for uh before before you go is there uh any plugs or shills we, we always be shilling here on bachelor's podcast so is there anything that you want to plug before we uh say goodbye yeah give it to yeah. us uh so i stream um almost every single day i take off saturdays or random days if i feel uh, pretty bad uh you can check me out on twitch.tv slash strong underscore sad uh you can also follow me on twitter at strong underscore sad um if you want to jump into Pioneer and you don't have Pioneer Collection yet, uh, you can check out mantraders.com. I have a coupon code. Um, you can use code strongsad underscore 03H7 for 20% off your first three months. Helps out my my stream. So thank you so much. Dude, I need nice. I need uh I need I need to get me uh um a deal with mana traders because I also use them, really like them, but I, I don't have a sponsorship. I don't have any sponsorship. Oh, well, oh yeah, I use that sweet <laughs> card one. hoarder sponsorship all the time. Got to get card hoarder shilling in here too if we're getting mana traders. Right. But honestly, it's the best thing to be doing, right? Like, yeah. I mean, when Pioneer is uncertain when things are going to be banned, those kind of services are like a must in my opinion right Dude, now. Dude, I just I pay for mine. <laughs> I know, <laughs> Brad. I used to. That, I mean, that's a, that's my biggest selling point. I used to use mana traders like. Uh, oh, I used yeah. to pay for mana traders before they gave me a sponsorship. And, you know, I used like the, uh, the services for almost a year or something, just cause I, I, I changed decks so much because I just want to try everything when you're testing for tournaments yeah. and stuff. And the, it, and it's funner to watch as a streamer and, and bar, bar services are just unbelievable. Yeah. I'm just saying at these arena mythic invitationals, well, mythic championships when our arena invitationals. I was just wearing a plain black tee. I could get an advertisement on this. I don't even want much. I just want something. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, for a steak dinner, just put a picture of my face on there, and I'll take you out for it a steak dinner. It has to get approved okay? by, by Wizards. I, 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 somebody was going to give me $100 to wear a fuck Tron shirt, but they want to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew they were Tron players. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So before we go, today and you know while we're bringing in a new year we do have to, I, I do want to say that our, our patreon um tiers have changed recently in the last month and um if you become a supporter of the show at the five dollar tier or more uh per per episode 
you become part of our casting crew. And Todd, will you be uh, available to help uh, ring in our 2020 casting crew for the Bash Bros Podcast? We'd be us? honored. Oh, yeah. We'd be honored if you join us. Oh yeah. All right, perfect. <laughs> All so right. I'm gonna ki- I'm gonna kick things off with EJ Ren, who is Corey's down player. Now, what a down player is. It's the opposite of yeah, I was going to say is Corey already has too much energy. Too much energy. Yeah, yeah. I need to be calm a little bit. And then next up, we got Paul. Oh, my God. Is this the last name? <laughs> Paul Kegzeroski. Kegzeroski. We're going to go with Paul Kaskaroxy. And that's BBD's wall-staring photographer. Anytime BBD's looking at a wall, Paul's the man. Now, for those of you who don't know, BBD is uh, one of our 2019 special guests, and maybe he will... Come back for 2020 if we can. Oh, uh, y'all should come up we'll with uh, get someone to to be my my beard stylist. Someone should be my beard stylist. Oh, that could be you out there, listeners. You know, sign up. We might have a, a Todd Beard groomer here. All right. Uh, special <laughs> shout out to Danny Russell, uh, Brad's international document consultant. Now that Brad has missed a Mythic Championship via missing documents, he had to hire somebody to help him out. And I miss Worlds by three points. Yay, I'm dead inside. Wow. <laughs> but at least you're in the MPL again and don't have a streaming contract. That is true. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Spoon Tug is BBD's hairstylist, which uh, I believe is worth every penny on this casting crew. Nice. It, it does look great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then we got Tom Wilkinson coming in. He is our on-call Soltai cons- uh, correspondent, really specializing in Oko Elk Matters. Uh, yeah, I mean, soon to be invalidated. Yeah. yeah ho- hopefully, yeah, yeah. I, you know, uh, Oko. Tom's getting fired. Oko eats yeah. shit and get out of every format, you know. Exactly, yeah. Uh, David Watt, uh, thanks for being the special guest screener. He actually uh, interviewed me before I came on to make sure that I wasn't going to stalk and or send you doll heads in the mail. Dude, shit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. David does not do his job. Oh. Yeah, we've been ha- we've had some loose guests. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> now, now, Victor is my boy because he's our executive producer. <laughs> what up, Victor? <laughs> Love that. Then we got Symbol. Symbol is our executive waste management operator he's the shit old uh yeah he is the shit we got a lot of special guests that uh just kind of throw it anywhere use napkins this person's in charge of cleaning it up and it's really yeah i mean he 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 just he just specializes in dumpsters and dumpster accessories yeah all right uh shout out to rabbit chicken uh vice president of video operations uh he's the one who keeps this here video podcast going I mean, we, 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 we need them. I mean, with all the eyeballs on this podcast, we, we definitely need rabbit chicken taking care of things. I even saw Jesus was watching our podcast in a recent meme. I think that is just so cool. It, it is pretty amazing that we got yeah. Jesus on our side. Amazing. All right. And last but not least is Jer, uh, who is the assistant to the assistant regional manager. Now, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for your support on the Patreon. Um, like I said earlier, the funds that uh, we use from Patreon uh, are 100% going to our producer of the show and back into the show for future tiers. We're looking into other products that we might get out to you, but for the current state of uh, of things, we are uh, we don't have any products in line. We are communicating with some people, and maybe there'll be t-shirts soon. I don't know. That's the goal. I hope there are. Um, yeah. But but if you want to be a supporter of the Bash Rose Podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash Podcast, and you can jump into any tier that um, that works with, with your, uh, what, your resources? Budget. Works with your budget. Budget's the word I was thinking There you of. go. All right. And just a reminder that this podcast can be listened to on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Todd, yeah. 
Roll Todd Anderson. Roll Todd. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you, buddy. Uh, now you've got a stream starting up here. Uh, are you streaming on New Year's? Yeah, I'm about to. I'm about to get drunk and uh, get no, some New fried Year's chicken. Day. Are you streaming on New Year's oh, Day? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, probably. Okay. Well, yeah, definitely. If you if you finish this episode, you maybe can go watch Todd stream today. Oh yeah. <laughs> and maybe tomorrow. Probably maybe. every day. Probably every day. Now go over if you haven't watched him. Uh, his stream is wonderful, very entertaining. I also really love your sub song. I don't the Quiznos oh, yeah. one. We love a song. And with that, I will say goodbye and good night and happy New Year's to all of our Bash Bro family. Happy New Year! Happy New Year!